just talk about that lyric? No, because this is not a Taylor Swift podcast. (laughs) Episode 15, sponsored by ABC Cheer with me, now available again on DangerousCheer.com. We sold out of our initial run. We're so excited that we got more copies in. So make sure you get your copy today for the newest and littlest cheerleaders that you know. Episode 15, College Nationals recap. It's national season. We got lucky and had NCAA College Nationals and UCA College Nationals all in the same month, literally two and a half weeks apart. Um, just an exciting time for cheerleading as we all come back to life. Enjoy episode 15. Enjoy this Nationals look back from UCA and NCA College Nationals. Music's on! You ready for this? Who live is this? Who lit is this? Who real is this? We too legit. We are M-A-R-K-T-H-U. Mark through podcast. Listen and learn. Watch and observe. Challenging us. They got some nerve. We great. You mad. Don't hate. Get to it. Don't wait. We do not hesitate. We doing what it takes. What we do. Mark through. All right. Uh, episode 15. Shall we? We shall. Um, we're approaching two years of the show being in existence. That's a crazy I didn't know that. milestone. Did we I? started it in summer of 2019. Oh, yeah, because our episode was with Tanner and Kate. And in the, I believe in the... Just drink your water. That's, <laughs> in the video, I'm like sitting forward and we're talking at the table. And yeah. then I sit back and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. you were pregnant. <laughs> Every we, time I forget. We just had that again because I am no longer pregnant the second time because we just had our second baby Woo! yeah quite the ride um in like a month and a half since the last episode uh just for us i mean every obviously the world keeps moving but for us we just started competition yeah we had just gotten back into full season swing of things um like you said you were pregnant we were waiting on the book to come so many Um, things all the things everything was kind of in motion but not happening and then after that episode it was just like boom 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 like we had multiple competitions um we won state champs colorado state champs so that was just an awesome can we clap for ourselves yeah no because we're clapping for our kids because that was silly because they those kids worked that mat and they sure did they worked hard for the last over a year Um, they sure did so yes we are going to brag on our own athletes to winning state because it it was a long hard road and uh a lot of battles a lot of like um education to people and a lot of um working with working out sports politics yeah yeah working out of our comfort zone working out of like um the the box that we're normally in you know like being outside more and you know all the things Mm -hmm. so what a long season that was done in six weeks yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so like you were saying like yeah so like you're saying just it has been crazy the last the last six weeks yeah like yeah because it's like state and then the next week we launched abc cheer with me we sold out of that in a week on your birthday um yeah so that launched and then we did our virtual taping for nationals, for high school nationals, and that was just a process. I mean, we've talked about virtual, and we've talked about taping. We're not going to talk about it much more on here. Um, then we had a baby. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. She's perfect. She's great. 
Um, yeah, and then we found out the next, like, two days later, we got second at Nationals, so silver medalist <laughs> yes. for County Cheer and small varsity, um, so that was amazing. Our, you know, our kids were awesome getting all that done, and, you know, they were rewarded well for their efforts, so, whew, crazy um, March into April, and so now... Getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, we just had our end of season banquet, so I saw a lot of teams on social media um, are, you know, wrapping up their season, and now everybody's moving into tryouts. Props to NCA college schools, because they do this every year. They they go to Daytona, mm-hmm. they compete at nationals, and then they turn around and they come home and they host tryouts. I'm exhausted, and we don't even have tryouts till next week. Like, yeah. so that's that was something I was thinking about the entire time we were watching um, NCA and UCA nationals. Is while they're posting about their nationals trip, they're also posting tryouts are just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just so cheer hungover. I'm so tired. Yeah, just mad props to the schools because they do this every year, and I'm like, it's I'm a, dying. It's a process. Yeah, I'm I glad, need a month off. I'm glad we're giving ourselves like 16 days between each season. Right. Um, because, yeah, oof, it's a long year. Um, but then, like we said, our book sold out. You know, we, we launched, um, like Lauren said, on my birthday um, at the start of April. Um, I know she, she joked to me, she was like, just what you wanted to list a product online and, and do all this web work. And I was like, actually, yes. I felt so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, well, Hey, our book's here. We got a lot, like we got to like pump this puppy out. And like, fortunately we did sell out of the first shipment, but I know that was like a dream come true for you to do that on your birthday. So happy birthday, even though your wife felt bad because like you need rest and you don't rest. So um, I know, but that being said, um, we are back in stock. So, um, we got boxes on boxes. I literally had to help the UPS guy unload the truck and bring them all in here. They're right there. Uh, (laughs) We were like feeding uh, both the babies breakfast and we get a knock on our door and I was like, oh, I'm not talking to a salesperson. And I'm like, oh, it's the UPS guy. And he's like, hey, I have 16 boxes. And you're like, I'm coming down. So just exciting. We're happy to have them and ready to sell them out again. Um, So amongst all of our life craziness since the last episode, there were two collegiate national championships as well as the UCA High School National Championship. Um, That was in person and virtual. We did the virtual side. Um, I think we had heard that maybe the... Virtual might have been a bigger attendance than in person. I don't know necessarily that final count. Yeah, we don't know the stats on that. But, you know, just talking to all the friends that we have through the cheer world, it sounded like that was a, a, a very competitive. Um, mm. And so, yeah, so we were we were watching the live streams and watching the videos and the scores and stuff. So it was a great competition, I think, in person. Our virtual side, like we said, we got second. But that side of it all went well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good process for kind of how they involved the 50-50 scoring and yeah. and how they did the announcements of, you know, I guess there was no finals announcement because everybody went to finals, but the awards announcement and then the posting of the videos to kind of like build up the nationals event. So um, UCA did a good job with that, but uh, because it was smaller, I don't 
we don't really have much to talk about. It was just, it wasn't as intense of a competition. I think partially we weren't there, so we feel a little meh. Yeah. And we don't want to talk about it like that because we do feel left out. I do know something cool that happened over the weekend was Live Oak Middle and High School won their divisions Mm, as um, something in person. We only had two Colorado teams allowed to go. Um, normally Colorado is in big attendance. And well, I guess they weren't well. allowed to, but only two teams went. Went. Yeah. Yeah. Only so, two teams went. um, just so different from our podcast a year ago where we were talking about how well all of the Colorado teams mm-hmm. did to this year. Um, we, I believe we're the only competitive team to compete virtually. Um, yeah. On the traditional side. On the yeah. traditional mm-hmm. side. And then we had, um, a few others compete virtually on the game day side. Yeah. So just way lower numbers. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting, um, to mm-hmm. look at as somebody who's like very proud of our state yeah. and how well they normally do. So many in the top 10 last year and still the teams that did go virtually and in person did do well Yeah, and placed in the top 10, but, um, just unfortunate that the, the local pol- political decisions kind of, Made it hard for teams to practice and feel prepared to be I know on that we're big not, of a stage. We're so. not the only state like that, so I know mm. a lot of others are like, yeah. But I bet everybody comes hard next year, really Oof. strong. And everybody's going to be, be so awesome. excited to be there. That event's just going to, it's just going to be an awesome, fun weekend. So hopefully everyone can go to camp and get ready and just have good tryouts and start their years off on a strong foot where last year was so shaky to start. So for the college side of things, we last year we did our picks and we were excited to do our picks this year, but life craziness got in the way of at least discussing the picks in advance. So we posted them. Um, thank you to everybody who participated. It's always so fun to just kind of see where everybody's guessing or who they're rooting for, kind of like... Um, the March Madness brackets, you either pick like your favorites or you take it very seriously and you pick the teams that you think are going to win and you want to be correct. Um, I've never gotten so much shade thrown at me in my entire life for my <laughs> picks. Like, I was like, hold on, do sports broadcasters that are doing their Final Four picks get this much shade thrown at them? Oh, they get roasted. Yes, so I need to stop being so sensitive because I was like, oh, what are you going off of? I'm going off of nothing because nobody will post e- even like the little tiniest clips of their routines have nothing to go off of nothing so it is just like my guesses but then we get some guesses from other like college coaches or like other like friends who work with colleges and then when i see their picks i'm like what do you know you need to do more research what have you seen yeah yeah i'm like Ugh. so anyways thank you all of the shade was received i got it loud and clear boom roasted <laughs> yeah boom Roasted. <laughs> so yeah, so to dive right in, it's literally this episode's college nationals recap because um, we've never had them um, this close together before. Mm-hmm. They've always been January and April. It's the pinnacle of the sport right now for you know all these teams, all these athletes, and all these coaches. So uh, let's dive right in. Let's do it. As per is tradition, we're gonna do one, three, five, seven. Woo! So um, starting off. Uh, one, Weber State, grand champs um, at NCA. Man, they were on the band shell working it. Um, I'm pulling here. up their you have have, routine. I have it pulled up. Oh, sweet. Up. No, this is sick. I love a team in purple. <laughs> Lots of standing falls. Classic NCA. Hansky. Pop through to one. 
Yeah, so tumbling literally in every direction. Full, full, hand, full, full, full. That right. poor guy on Poor guy, on he's, dead. he's not even insane. exhausted. Nope. You love a pyramid like that. Oh, two on one, they have my heart. Yeah. It's like your favorite collegiate pyramid. It's just a flex as a dude. They knew it. They knew it too. Oh, look at this guy in front. He's so emotional. That was good cheerleading. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in notes later, but um, Utah showed out. Yeah. Weber State won, and then um, All Girl D won. Utah Valley University won. That's so, right. That's right. Um, the the West is rising in cheerleading. Normally, yeah. you know, I know in Colorado, we obviously hype up Colorado, but in comparison to other states, this in the South and on the East Coast, cheerleading is much lesser out yes. here, especially when you get into states like Utah and Nevada, um, those those West Coast states for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing. Two national championships, um, co-ed and all girl. And I guess when I go Utah, this this may show how out of touch I am with NCA books. But um, <laughs> after watching NCA nationals this year, um, I guess I just assume or even like in my predictions favored the Texas schools because I know that COVID wise that was kind of playing into my predictions. Of yeah, like, that was a big part of my predictions as well. Yeah, because I know in Texas things weren't as shut down as they were like here. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought, well, Utah's going to be somewhat shut down like we are. That didn't stop them at all. Mm-hmm. And maybe they did have some of the same things we ran into and, and right. they just fought through it. Totally. Um, so that was that was really fun to watch. And I know we got some, some heat. Boom. Roasted. On Twitter of like, y'all totally missed Weber State. I'm like, yes, we did. But now I'm aware. And like I said, I love a good team in purple. Yep, you love seeing a team purple in purple win. Yeah. So to our three, I think that the most anticipated part of NCAA at Daytona was Trinity versus Navarro in that we had cheer from the year before, or I guess from two years before 2019's event, recording it in the lead up to that. And then we got 2020's taken away. So the anticipation for this division with only two teams was literally at its all time high. Right. So many non-cheer people were concerned about how it was going to shake out. Um, And so, yeah, Trinity Valley took it home. I mean, they had a, a rock in performance both days. Navarro kind of had some issues on day one and day two, kind of left the door open, and Trinity Valley said, yep, everybody, everybody's watching. Here we go. Um, so that was that was exciting to watch. That was. Both teams looked great, but Trinity took it home. They looked better. So mm-hmm. um, supposedly, cheer two... Uh, for Netflix was being filmed. Yeah, lots of rumors of camera people so around. So we'll see, um, because I the rumor was that they were not just filming Navarro this year, or for this season, they were also filming mm-hmm. Trinity Valley. Yeah. So TBD. Yeah, we'll see. I think that would be interesting, because mm-hmm. it was nice seeing Navarro's side, um, but it now, if we got to see both sides of the rivalry, you know, you could fall in love with both, because I think after... Um, cheer came out everybody fell in love with navarro it'll be it'll be cool hopefully that rumor's true that'd be neat to watch i I would Mm. enjoy that aspect of it yeah definitely and then five moving on to five so five west georgia program sweep all girl and co-ed took it home this year for the uca college nationals um 
So that was really cool to kind of be on pins and needles because this was the first year West Georgia co-ed was up against Moorhead. In D1, yeah. In D1. Mm-hmm. So that was um, both, again, great routines, um, but kind of a cool thing and kind of the, the part about this five we wanted to mention was the video that went viral of the entire program doing um, backhand spring double ups. Yeah, so doing their, so essentially they did a program sweep while doing program boodoos for their elite. So boodoos being back handspring double ups. Um, and I actually messaged Brian and Nicole earlier before this. And I was like, all right, we're going to talk about that. How do I say this? Is it boodoo? And they're like, yeah, we don't love the name. It just kind of got shortened to that. And I was like, like most things. like Totally. Um, so they said, yeah, no, back dubs, back doubles, um, or like boofoos, back handspring full-ups. And so then since it was, you know, back handspring double-up, I got the, the boodoo name. So the boodoo has kind of stuck Um even though some people may not love it. I think they love the result of um, those athletes putting in that work, learning those skills, perfecting those skills. And then, like you said, that video that did go viral of them all on the mat at the same time. All the co-ed ones, all the all-girl ones doing just incredible skill work. So sickening. Um, good job, West Georgia, just all around. They looked good. They looked good. Um, and then... Number seven. Number seven, the 50-50 scoring that happened this year in person and virtual. So obviously we know virtually um, you got the 50-50 scoring. So you got your first tape to submit, got your scores, and then you got your second tape, got your scores, and then they combined them. So because of that, there was some shakeups at the top when we hit our top three at College Nationals Mm -hmm. in person. Now, I know that you and I had this conversation. Was this a good year to do that when everybody just felt grateful to compete again? But also everybody got to make finals. Mm. So it's like, okay, well, we didn't ask for everybody to make finals. But you also do because you want to make sure it's a worthwhile trip. Totally. After this crazy year and with knowing that, you know limited parks, limited activities at the hotel. It's like, yeah, you should go compete twice and not make it a, you know, a $20,000 one performance trip. But yeah, like you said, was this the year? Yes. No. Um, I will say what I enjoyed about it is on day one, I saw a hell of a lot more fight than I, than we normally do. mm -hmm. I just remember watching college nationals, you know, like we do every year, we have a little watch party and we have people over, but prelims is always just like crash and burn, crash and burn, crash and burn. I saw so many, especially on the co-ed side, um, maybe a misfire in catching thighs and just holding those top girls' feet so their feet do not touch the ground. They were fighting so hard against those deductions. And so I kind of liked that because I know these college coaches were going into those back hallways and they were like, you fight. You yeah. make sure there are mm. as little deductions on that score sheet as possible and let because both of them mattered for finals. Yeah, well, and I think and I think on the opposite side of that is there were a lot of teams that were struggling because the the amount of preparation that you could have this year in advance, there weren't local as many local competitions with the season shift. Um, teams weren't able to kind of typically do their full preparation. So um, I know day one there was a lot of struggle. Like you said, there was yeah. a lot of fight. Um, but there was a lot of struggle. So I think a lot of people underestimated the power of 
um, having the combined scores. Um, but I think that was smart on UCA because at UCA, we all know execution is key for doing well. You know, you hit, you're going to place high. Um, and so I think UCA was smart in saying, okay, if it's been an off year, a lot of people might kind of tone down their difficulty so that they can have success on the mat, which is an admirable thing to do, the correct thing to do as a yeah. coach. You want to be able to have your kids hit and you don't want to make it a gamble. But you don't also want to leave the door open. And I think UCA made sure that you couldn't, you know, leave that door, leave their door open in regards to questions about the scoring and the, the placings um, so that you had to have difficulty and you had to have execution to be at the top um, because you had to execute both days and you had to be fully prepared. I think I think the results, for the most part, ended up pretty accurate. Um, I think, there, like we said, there were shakeups yeah. um, that, that did catch us off guards. Um, but yeah, the, the 50-50 we'll scoring those. was... It's definitely an interesting, interesting part of UCA College this year. It was. I wonder if that stays. Yeah. Because it's kind of nice when we get to, like, tell the kids, all right, you get a fresh start. You get a start over. You get, new, like, maybe new judges, maybe not, but you get a start over. If that doesn't, if that if this is a forever change or a permanent change, I don't know. Um, yeah. I appreciated the fight that I saw. All right. Jumping in to NCA. So... NCA college um, because of all the COVID stuff they did banjo both days to keep it outdoors they had nice weather both days so that was I think to everyone's benefit being that it was probably a smaller competition helped to get everybody onto the banjo but um, I'm sure participants and coaches were happy that they didn't have to go through a bunch of like indoor procedures with masks and spacing and, and everything like I'm sure that. they were happy the weather held out all mm-hmm. weekend and then we heard there wasn't much of a stunt fest this year. Um, we saw a few clips here and there of people out videos. in the grass, um, but really wasn't the the fan fest um, crazy party that it normally is. Obviously, right. um, a beach party like that is not COVID friendly um, in any way, but I think just the lack of spectators that compared to normal year, lack of participants totally. drove down. Um, the, the emphasis on being out there. A little sad to see because there's always really cool tricks and skill development that happens. Um, the videos that come out of that are always mm-hmm. insane. There's always some, you know, mad geniuses out there that are like, what if I throw you like this? Mm-hmm. And then some girl's like, no, don't throw me like this, but do throw me like this because I think I can do that if you catch me. And it's just like a combination of crazy minds and brilliant minds and cheerleading. Yeah. Um, and, cool. and then maybe there's some influencing factors otherwise to add to the creativity, but, um, you know, we won't talk about those. We'll keep this family friendly. Yeah. So something else with NCA that I learned at least over Twitter is while we were watching UCA nationals, we're watching dance game day and cheer game day. And I was like, Okay, the whole point of this is to like build on your school traditions. Those are the ones that score well. They're traditional game day stuff. And as we're watching, I'm like, why don't why why is it a like a GCU cheer and a GCU dance are competing game day 
when it should be, like, together. Because, like, I know at basketball games at Wichita State, Mm -hmm. it was a massive production with cheer, dance, the mascot, the band. Yeah, like, all the things, right? So, we didn't have... I didn't have football. I don't think it's like that for football at KU. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're spaced out, but, yeah, doing pregame stuff, we're kind of combined. So, so I had um, some people make sure to let me know that NCA does do it that way. Boom. Roasted. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, obviously I am not an NCA person. I am working on it. So for all of you that are coming from my head, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yes, for all my friends on Twitter, thank you for letting me know that's how you do your new game day format. Um, but the key word is that it was new. The, the quickest way to get the right answer is to post the wrong answer online. Okay, that's, and I'm not going to delete it either. That's so. one of the rules of the internet. Let me pull up our prediction sheet from... Uh, <laughs> They're not good. <laughs> While that's pulling up, if you need some merch to order with your book, we have these awesome blankets. It's keeping me warm because our podcast studio is freezing. Um, okay. So, um, predictions versus results. So, um, I think prediction-wise, yeah, um, I ended up getting four of these. Of these nine divisions, um, and that was something else we um, got some feedback on is we our prediction sheet didn't include as many divisions, um, but I'll say this in return. NCA, can we combine some of these divisions? A lot of these divisions have only two teams, only mm-hmm. three teams. Yes. Like, and, it, and you could say, sure, it's a COVID thing, but that's how these divisions normally are. They're very right. slim um, because NCA offers the intermediate side as well as the advanced side. Yes. So, yeah, so if you were disappointed that we didn't cover your division, I'm sorry. Um, that was, it's just way too many to cover. It'd be the smallest font on the, those sheets. Come on, we're making graphics. Come on, <laughs> come on. Um, but, yeah, so um, I got four right. Lauren got three right. Um, for, like we mentioned, biggest, I think, anticipated uh, matchup was the uh, large co-ed junior college with Trinity and Navarro. Um, I had picked Trinity, Lauren had picked Navarro, so I got that win there. You know, personal fan side, we're big supporters of Dodge City. Um, they were up against Blinn. Um, they've been, Blinn has kind of been the perennial champ in that division for many years. Um, their coach left Blinn um, a year or so ago and yes. is now at Dodge City. So Michael Brewster down in, at, was at Blinn. Mm-hmm. Um, he came up to Dodge City Community College, which we know well because we're Kansas kids and that's mm-hmm. a Kansas community college. So the president from Blinn, I believe, moved up to... director or something, yeah. Something like that and came up to Dodge City, said, hey, I need you to, Coach Brewster, I need you to come up and I need you to do what you did with Blinn with Dodge City. And I think Brewster was like, okay, no problem. Yeah. So we kind of have like a personal investment in this because he's been, you recruiting know, our recruiting kids. our kiddos. And I just really admire Brewster's um, kind of confidence. And he came to us to recruit our kids, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And said, hey, I want to make your kids national champions. Um, can you... Can you tell them that DC3 would be a good place for them to go? So we put them on our prediction sheet slightly out of, we knew they looked good. We've been watching them virtually mm-hmm. all season. Um, but we also know that 
that the coach knows what it takes to beat his old program. So that was kind of cool. I think that was probably really hard for him to leave something he built up over so many years to go start from scratch with nothing. And then go up against it. A lot of college coaches don't do that. Mm -hmm. So props to you, Brewster. We're very proud of you guys. And and, and uh, some of our former kids, congrats on being national champions. Dodge City, one over Blinn. We both had picked that out of a little personal preference. Um, so they took home the small co-ed for junior college. As we mentioned, Weber State and Utah Valley took home the large co-ed Division One and all-girl Division One. Kennesaw State, they continued their reign on Division I small co-ed. Louisville won small co-ed D1A and all-girl D1A. We missed that. Yeah, we, we missed the uh, the all-girl side for sure. Yeah. Um, I got the, the small co-ed one. Yes. And then for large co-ed, um, OSU won. Lauren got that one. Um, OSU had a great routine returning the championship back to Stillwater. I know they've had... Um, it's kind of like a battle between Tech and OSU um, and Louisville, kind of the three of them fighting for dominance. So OSU, the Cowboys got to take it back home. So this was something, you know, that we saw come up after UCA. So, so I'm going to talk about it now that, that we're talking about all-girl D1A with Louisville after West Georgia when there was all this Twitter chatter about you know, who would win Louisville versus West Georgia, which, which as cheer fans, I would love to see. Yeah. I'm not going to deny it. They're both great teams. We don't need to see who is the better. They're both national champions in their own right, that nothing should be taken away from either team. But as a cheer fan, you, you got to admit, having one college championship and seeing the best of the best compete to, to see who would be on top, in a unified score sheet, I know I was replying to people saying, like, no, this would be great if we could see it. We probably never will, um, not until there's some kind of shakeup with how varsity wants to do college cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that looks like and when and if that will ever change. Maybe but. it does when cheerleading hits the Olympics and we have an Olympic-style uh, format to go Olympic off format, of. Olympic format, yeah. That's probably... That will probably be the next step to be closer <clears throat> mm-hmm. to that. So that cheerleading was... needs defaults. Cheerleading needs the Olympics. <laughs> no, the Olympics needs cheerleading. That's really the tea. <laughs> the Olympics is boring. It, they need they need the spirit and excitement. They of need to get rid of that. All the other <clears throat> silly sports and put cheerleading in there. That's so true. So we uh, we had some good picks. We weren't the most successful. We definitely overlooked a few teams. Um, we would so, have been more prepared this year had we had it last year. That, that too. Yeah, we definitely went in blind. And then I think this is just in general. A lot of teams like to you know, stay secret and, and keep things hidden. So in advance of this competition, we really hadn't seen Anything. much from Weber. We hadn't seen much from OSU. We hadn't seen much from Louisville. We hadn't seen much from Navarro or Trinity Valley. So that makes it hard to do picks. So yeah. I think everybody should trust the execution scores more and um, allow the fans to see. Yeah, because I'm kind of on the other side of of keeping some things secretive. And Mm -hmm. I know you and I just come home and we fight about it because you're like, I'm going to post this on Instagram. And I'm like, post it. I'm like, don't. And you're like, why? (sighs) It's hard. It is a a fickle Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. It's a fickle line to play. Mm -hmm. So. 
moving to the UCA National Championship. So, um, oh, something I know more about. Okay. <laughs> day one, uh, like we mentioned, it was tough to get a hit. A lot of teams just, you know, didn't have the full preparation. I think they wanted to. They didn't get a lot of their like in-person performances this year. You know, they get a lot of basketball games to perform at or family like performances, high school competitions. Yes, like that, all know. the things, and they nobody got that this year. So I think that was hard for a lot of teams. But like we said earlier. A lot of good fight. I was I was very mm-hmm. proud of, of seeing that. Yeah, um, and I I think I tweeted it from the show's account. I was like, they're hitting in the arena is tough. Yeah. Like, I mean, being there ourselves for high school nationals, that's a tough venue to be in sometimes. I don't know if it's the closeness of the crowd to the depth, if it's too dark. I'm, I'm not here to analyze the arena, no. but... It, I've just noticed it's it's tough to get a hit in there for a lot of teams, especially mm-hmm. if you haven't competed in there. I know our first year, when it had just first opened, our kids had never competed in it, and we struggled that first prelims Ooh, performance. did I yell at those girls. We had to, we had to really kind of get ourselves in gear for semis and, and try to make finals, which we did. So Now I have a question for you as far as the arena goes. They did finals in the arena, correct? For everybody but D1A. Other takeaways from UCA College, um, Liberty in their traditional day one rocked shorts. Looking love, good. Love to see the, the short poly shorts, gentlemen. Yes. Welcome to Thailand. Yes. Something that we saw a lot of changes for differently, I guess. Um, a lot of teams were doing their cheer at the beginning. Yeah. Um, which is similar to the NCA style and the ICU style for our sake, you know, being we were at the just high school, every time. just being at the high school level, it's when do we start preparing athletes for that? Mm-hmm. Is I guess does UCA start encouraging that shift to the beginning? Do they not care? Um, so it'll be interesting to see in the next year or so what that looks like. I know I've been asking for some kind of universality. Um, across the sport so it's like if you start doing cheerleading when you're five the same type of routine you do when you're 25 is is essentially the same just like when you play basketball when you're five you dribble you pass you shoot the bat ball in a hoop right yeah the the height of the hoop might change and the ball might change and they add the three-pointer as you age up but i mean that's why we have elites and and different levels in cheerleading so so i tweeted about that i'd like that. to see that yeah so i tweeted about that and i was like interesting seeing Oh, like more teams than I thought switch it up mm-hmm. and start with the cheer. Not to mention Texas State ended with their cheer. But I had a lot of feedback from people saying, yeah, my kids think it's easier to start with the mm-hmm. cheer. Yeah. And I'm like, are we on to something then? Because OU co-ed and all girl started with their cheer, had excellent virtual performances and both won. Mm-hmm. So and KU and KU. Yeah, so all the D one yes. all the D one A co ed virtual winners won with a cheer at the beginning. Rock chalk. Um. So that was just interesting, and I'm like, okay, if that's easier for your kids, it makes me want to try it. I mean, it, it it makes some sense to do a minute long cheer followed by ninety seconds of music work, totally. rather than what is it, a minute fifteen, and then forty, yeah, or I guess a minute, and then another minute and then 30 seconds so it it can be draining um i think just the funniest thing is for years 
we've done the cheer in the middle, like literally right. decades people have done it, and crowds, non-cheer crowds have gotten to get used to seeing it in the middle, and then we're like, eh, we were wrong with doing that. That was weird. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see, but yeah. I thought that was just an interesting takeaway from the weekend, because I feel like we saw that more this year than maybe we have in the past. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Texas State had some really good routine, really good performances, um, so they... They looked know, awesome. They, I know... We were cheering for them and Jocelyn, but um, they they placed really well. And so seeing the cheer at the end uh, must have paid off for how the judges liked their performance and for their kind of stamina and endurance to be able to kind of just hit to the end. So it's cool. Cool to see cheerleading changing and innovating um, somewhat. You know, I know it can be tough sometimes when it changes too fast, sometimes for ourselves and other people included. Yeah, we don't so. like change very well, but for some reason I'm like, I could maybe see this happening. Mm. Probably only because long term, if this is going to be the Olympic format, that yeah. would be cool. Exactly. Some some organization within our sport. Changing with purpose. There you go. Good. There you go, Lauren. We talked about 50-50 scoring a little bit. So, UCA predictions and Ugh. results. So, God. You know, these so are, I pull them up. Did not do well with either of these. I'm this one we did actually lesser than the NCAA one, <laughs> yeah. um, but there were a few less divisions, so um, ratio percentage-wise, we maybe did decently well. But I blame we, COVID. I blame the two-day uh, scoring. But let's give props to uh, Courtney uh, from Louisiana. She participated and did phenomenal. She got um, either I think six of the nine. And um, the three that she got wrong, her guesses all got second place. Yes, yes. So if this were a bracket and we had prizes, um, <laughs> you would have won, Courtney. Prediction-wise, um, we were both wrong for D1A co-ed and all-girl. This um, made me question, what did she know? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I saw her prediction sheet at the end of the weekend, and I was like, what does she know? Why did we not know any of this? So, good Good guesses and good predictions. So, yeah. So, we, for D1A co-ed and all-girl, we got all four wrong. <laughs> um, and so, that ended up, you know, USF ended up winning uh, for co-ed and Western Kentucky ended up winning for all-girl. I know for Western Kentucky, they had a coach shake-up at yes. the start of their season. You know, incredible job by their their coaching staff, kind of stepping in, coming together, by the athletes, kind of buying in and, and working hard. They had two great performances, day one, day two. So for the co-ed side with USF winning, that, I think, that division we saw a little bit more of the 50-50 scoring come into effect. I think so, too. Um, because... UCF had a day two hit. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have the most difficult routine, but they were solid, solid execution, some good difficulty throughout, but not like the most difficulty. Like we saw more things go to two feet than to one foot mm-hmm. for UCF. And so. Um, but their day one performance was pretty rough. They had some things off time. They didn't, they had some bobbles. I think they maybe had a drop. Um, so their day one score wasn't great. Which, when combined with in the 50-50 format, I think put them ultimately in a second place where mm-hmm. USF had a strong performance on day one and then just had one stunt issue mm-hmm. in finals on day two. And so they were able to keep atop the score sheet. And then Kentucky, 
They had, you know, coach change in the past year as well. They brought a really difficult routine. Very difficult. Um, like we keep mentioning, Kentucky's one of those teams that gets their reps. They get their performance reps yep. in advance. And with COVID, they just weren't able to. I mean, usually in the lead up to college nationals, there's like 10 videos of Kentucky performing at elementary schools and local comps and stuff. Basketball games. Exactly. Just Big like performances. They, they go viral always. And I think... Uh, I mean, I think they did a couple performances, but it definitely wasn't as big of the opportunity to get in front of a crowd and really rep out those those super elite skills. So, Well, it's something to say, um, and not just for Kentucky, but for everybody this year, a performance in front of a crowd is such valuable practice time because practicing performing is not something you can do at every practice. You can't, you can ask your kids to do that. It's just not possible because there's a piece of that that's adrenaline yeah, and energy. and you you can't you can't always pull that out out of a random practice. Correct, you really can't. For the D1A small co-ed, that was the new division this year after D1 small co-ed just cuz it was getting a little kind of overpacked and they needed to have some separation there. I think it was nice for UCA this year. It was literally D1A co-ed, all-girl, small co-ed. D1 co-ed, all-girl, um, small co-ed. And then open co-ed, open all-girl, open small co-ed. So well, that I... made it really nice. They kind of just got rid of the D2, D3 and made those open. And I think because the lesser amount of teams that were attendance, it made that easier as well. Well, I think we've talked about that before. A lot of just universities that usually have an all-girl and a co-ed Lost a lot of athletes. Kids just said, mm-hmm. I'm going to do school from home and university is going to be mostly shut down. So, like, I don't want to, I don't even want to be there. I don't want to pay for it. I'm just going to do it all virtual or from home. So, I think we saw, not that this was the case for Memphis, they've been small co ed, but I think we saw a lot more teams in that division um, mm-hmm. this year, virtually, especially because of definitely the year. But yeah, I, I, I have to say, I, I love the, the division layout of yeah. this, it really makes it a solid college nationals where you have your D1A, your D1, and your open. I will say that the D1A stuff is silly because those are divisions for cheerleading based on football divisions, which... That don't the, exist anymore. Yeah, that doesn't really have any say or, or need um, in this. So really, D1A and D1 could be combined yeah. to all the D1 schools. And I think... That might be a bloodbath, but man, as a cheer fan, it would be exciting. Yeah. So Memphis took home D1A small co-ed. They were the defending champs in D1 small co-ed last year. A couple of our friends on that team from Kansas. So Audie and AJ, um, we love you. And I have former athletes on there from Briarcrest. So shout out to Maddie. Yep. And then on the D1 side, so... D1 really was a battle for Kentucky and Georgia cheerleading supremacy for both all-girl and co-ed. Sorry to the other teams that were there and participating. I know they were working hard and and executing well, but the focus truly was on these two teams because their difficulty, um, they both kind of were being secretive about their routines to kind of add to the hype and intensity of the competition. So They're difficult and they're clean. Yes, both teams were so clean, so yeah. sharp. It really came down to who hit two days in a row. Two days in a row with, with the 50 50 scoring. So, 
West Georgia, though, ultimately won both. Lauren, you got both of those right in Yay. the prediction sheet. Um, it's like the only thing I got right. <laughs> and so on the small co-ed side, that was a little more broader of teams and participants. So Grand Canyon ended up taking that. Touching on Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon coached by Keegan. Um, going back to virtual winners. Oh, wait a sec. The audacity. How much grass is there needing to be cut? It's you guys have been there out there for rock. hours. It's all rock around our house. It's all dead. D1 Small Coed, Grand Canyon, uh, University from Arizona, took home that uh, championship. They're coached by Keegan, which if you jump back to virtual champions from OU, they're coached by Miranda. So they're a husband and wife duo. So got to give some love for coaching duos in the world uh, and in the world of cheerleading, especially just because I think we have a, a weak spot for that a little bit. West Georgia, they too are coached um, by a husband and wife duo, which um, definitely... Well, you saw their video um, that was floating around on Twitter, watching Asia and Brie freak out and hug each other, and it was awesome. And then you look over at Nicole and Brian, and they just like embrace, and I'm just like tearing up watching this because I just know how good that feeling is. Not to be a national champion, maybe someday, but um, it just warms your heart. It'll it brings tears to our eyes because it's just a special thing. Because it is not only hard to be married and to parent together mm -hmm. but to coach kids together and you're gonna make me emotional um, <laughs> but then to also just carry a passion when you're tired and it's not even your full-time job and on and on and on and on not saying that not every coach goes through this but there mm -hmm. is something special about staying married <laughs> and doing all of that at the right. same time so I know that Scott and I rarely argue or we rarely get into, you know, big tiffs or anything. And when we do, it's normally stemming from cheerleading because we both are so passionate about it. Yep. Not to say we're not passionate about our personal lives. That's the only part where it can ever really reach ahead. Because yeah. Because we get, we get opinionated with how we like cheerleading. Yeah. And I think we're all that way in cheerleading. And For we sure. And we all hold the sport near and dear to ourselves so we just love seeing other people that love each other through cheerleading and yeah that's very special to us so congratulations to brian and nicole also yes. um, for their west georgia wins and all the wolves and all the wolves and then in the open co-ed jones college unseated shelton state after yeah. many years of attempting to do so um, and while we're on the topic of husband and wife coaching duos, Jones College was formerly coached by um, Allie Lumpkin and Jeremy Lumpkin. That's right. And Allie, during the Western Kentucky coach shakeup, went up to Western Kentucky, and she's been coaching up there. I saw them celebrating after because Jeremy, I think, stayed around and was doing stuff with Jones. I saw him in his Jones polo and, and Allie holding their trophies and obviously she's excited because Very a lot sweet. of those Jones kids are her kids. And yeah. she had to make the professional decision to move to another school and, you know, and further her coaching career. So I'm sure they were sad to see her go, but knowing that she was on to other things. And I'm sure they're happy that they got to have, still have Jeremy. Both of them are excellent coaches, you know, incredible athletes in their own time. So another coaching duo at UCA College Nationals. So... Cool. Um, three couples winning 
five or six titles between them. Did we mention USF co-ed? Oh my god, four. What I, oh my god, <laughs> how did I skip Ronnie and Jill? Yeah, wow. Ronnie and Jill. They wow, won. I failed that. No, just, I like I was just didn't thinking do that homework. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I just was thinking, I know that when we had talked else, about yeah. it, like, I was like, oh, and USF, oh, USF Cohen. That's Ronnie and Jill. Yep. So another married couple. So four yep. winning either six or seven titles. That's crazy. Between them. That's um, crazy. We're just, not, just on the traditional We're not doing too. our job. <laughs> we, we need we, to do better. We'll get there in time. In time. <laughs> oh, that's very awesome. Did we miss anybody else who's married and coaching together? Was um, that the last one? <laughs> Twitter, let us know. Yeah. Instagram, let us know. Let us know if um, we missed any more. We'll be here ready to get roasted. Boom. Roasted. If need be. Yeah, I know there's other couple coaches, but I was wondering if there's any more who won this year. So we had to squeeze this in during nap time for both of the bibis, and it looks like both of the bibis are starting to wake. Yep. So, so back to um, parenting. Back to parenting we go. If you haven't yet, get your copy of ABC Cheer with me, uh, available on DangerousCheer.com. It's our other baby. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> cheerleading's first children's book. So we're just super excited that it's out in the world and. And people are buying them like crazy and just... Oh, that's my favorite page. When if, if you do get this for your kid or for your, you know, your cousin or your friend, your friend's kid, um, and you want to share a picture of them loving the book um, or a video, send it our way um, to the Mark Through or to ABC Cheer With Me pages because we, we're just loving seeing all the reactions and, yeah. and how we can help contribute to cheerleading growing uh long term so getting getting these kids interested in what we love as early as we can so get the book if you're going to a baby shower grab some merch to (laughs) throw in with it i mean there's this extremely soft fleece blanket that you're all gonna love and practice your letters with it yeah absolutely we're in mom and dad mode can you tell (laughs) exactly yeah so that's episode 15 uh thank you guys for listening and Thanks for supporting the show. We appreciate you guys. Music's off. (laughs) Sheesh. 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 We're tired. You ready for this? Who live is this? Who lit is this? Who real is this? We too legit. We are M-A-R-K-T-H-U. Mark through podcast. Listen and learn. Watch and observe. Challenging us. They got some nerve. We great. You mad. Don't hate. Get to it. Don't wait. We do not hesitate. We doing what it takes. What we do. Walk through.